When Kim was 10, she got a diary for her birthday, and the diary had a photo of Britney Spears on the cover. So Kim decided to write all of her diary entries to Britney. April 13th, 2002. Dear Britney, I can't believe you broke up with Justin Timberlake. (laughs) That's Kim reading from the diary she kept when she was 10. I'm Dan Meisner, and this, this, is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. How are you doing tonight? It is very nice to see you all. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Montreal, we have a hip-hop love letter, late-night MSN conversations, an embarrassing moment on a school trip, and much, much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like a Britney Spears-Justin Timberlake breakup, it can be hard to understand. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. A minute ago, we heard from Kim and the Britney Spears diary she received as a gift on her 10th birthday. Kim continued to write in that diary well into her teens. And at our Montreal show, she shared a few more entries, including the very first one. March 30th, 2001. Dear Britney. (laughs) Today, my friend Cynthia got me a diary. It is my birthday and I'm turning the big one (laughs) O. Ashley got me a memo book and a silver gel pen. I am 10 and three to go to turn into a teenager. Soon we will go to the theater, then Morning Glory, and any other places in Metrotown. This is my happiest birthday of all. I also got a Baxter Boy CD, Millennium, from Jenny. Now I have two CDs, yours and Backstreet Boys. (laughs) February 17th, 2002. Dear Brittany, I received my math test on Friday and I got a B. Usually parents would say, great job. My parents would say, you're grounded. I wish I had a genie in a lamp or in a bottle to appear and grant me three wishes. The first is to go back in time and correct my paper before handing it in. Second, I wish I would always be careful on my future work. And third, I wish I had magic powers. (laughs) August 26, 2005. Dear Brittany, well, today I went on a date at the movies. I don't want to get into details, dot, dot, dot. He kissed me. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. I kissed him on the cheek, etc. We went to the picture booth. Man, I take bad photos. Yeah, and then I broke up with him. I gave him a note, and then I wrote LOL in caps, and a donut bag at the P&E that said Mr. Ken's Donut Factory. Wow, I'll miss him, but not as much as he'll miss me. The only thing that makes me feel sad is how I wrecked his little heart. Wow, I sound mean. Well, hope he can sleep tonight. Bye. 
October 14th, 2005. Dear Brittany, well, this is the last entry before I go on to my next journal. So many memories and thoughts. It was nice having a diary to keep me sane through hard times. Well, goodbye. Started March 30th, 2001. Ended October 14th, 2005. Thank you. Keep it going for Kim, Montreal. Our next reader, Julie, shared a diary entry from when she was 12. This particular diary entry details all of the best things that happened to her on a week-long school field trip. The name of the field trip was Week on the Wild Side. It was kind of a hiking, camping sort of thing. Please welcome Julie to the Grown Up Street Things They Wrote as Kids stage. December 14th, 2006. Dear Diary, Week on the Wild Side is over. Here is a list of the important stuff that happened. One, I turned 12 years old. Two, me and Chris held hands and put our arms around each other. Three, we kissed on the cheek. A lot. Four, <laughs> we kissed, guess where, two times. First, I was going to kiss him on the cheek, but he turned his head on purpose. Second time was voluntary. <laughs> Five, we said I love you face to face. Six, he gave me this really great necklace for my birthday with a key because he has the key to my heart. Seven, we were hugging on the train ride back, and he got an erection. <laughs> you could totally tell because he put his hand there to cover it up. Ew, it was awesome. <laughs> A week on the wild side, indeed. Love, Julie. <laughs> Julie promised a week on the wild side and delivered a week on the wild side. That was great. <laughs> when Daniel was 15, he considered himself an aspiring hip-hop lyricist. And as evidence of this, at our Montreal show, Daniel shared a rap song he wrote with his cousin. My cousin, Corey, who I grew up, uh, grew up with, uh, was like a musical prodigy. He was in a choir, and he could play any instrument. He wrote a symphony when he was like 13. Uh, and I always wanted to hang out with him, and I never had any musical skill. <laughs> um, <laughs> He was always practicing or, you know, jamming with other musicians. And I don't remember writing this, but I think I remember hearing rap for the first time and being like, this is my in. <laughs> so um, I heard the song for the first time the other day. And just so you know, uh, it's like a minute and a half of like a really sweet love song that my cousin sang and performed all the music to. And then, like a good Ja Rule hook, I come in 
with this. Hey girl, you looking fine. I'd sure like to call you mine. We can go out or just stay in. I'd love to hang out with some of your friends. When I see you, I feel so bubbly. You're warm, you're sweet, you're hot, you're cuddly. We should snuggle in a sleeping bag. And we won't even tell your mom or your dad. Take a drive in my fancy car. I promise we won't get very far. Backseat kissing. Here I am wishing we could go fishing. No dissing. I could buy a kitchen to put our kids in. What you thinking? My heart is sinking. Here I am singing. La 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 love you girl. We could take over this lonely world. I'm the king, be my queen, if you know what I mean. Take this ring on my knee, now I'm finally seen. I got a, <laughs> I got a cool groove, sick dance moves. Being in a dance battle, never lose. I can skip, I can hop, I can run. On the dance floor, where I like to have some fun. Hey girl, you looking fine. I'd sure like to call you mine. We can go out or just stay in, and I will tell you again and again, and again and again, and again and again, and then the song fades out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Joining us on stage right now, Kristen is going to share a letter that she wrote to her dad after she got caught using MSN Messenger after midnight, which I believe was her MSN Messenger curfew. She was 17 and two months from her high school graduation when she wrote this letter, and the important thing to note here is that while Kristen wrote the letter, she did not actually send it to her dad. Please welcome to the Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids stage, Kristen. April 2nd, 2001. Dad, you're right. Maybe I do get carried away. Perhaps I've been a little bit of an idiot lately. Please don't brush off my apologies. I do mean them. But let me explain something. I'm not lucky. And I mean lucky like winning a card game or finding a penny or being in the right place at the right time, not as unfortunate. I am fortunate and blessed, but not lucky. Things do not fall into place for me. I never find the pot of gold and I never manage to catch the wave. In less than three months, I will have graduated, and life as I know it will come to an abrupt halt. Some of my friends, 
I may never see them again. And I don't care if you remember what you felt like at the end of high school, whether you felt like I do now, or even if you gave a hoot at all. All I know is that how I feel, scared and nervous, and no matter who says what, that's how I feel, and it's valid. <laughs> Everything is up in the air. Day-to-day -day life has become a catch-22, and don't say I'm being dramatic, because this is me writing this. Kristen, your daughter, not some <laughs> character in a play or in a book, not the face I put on in front of everybody at school, me. What am I gonna do with myself? I'm not going to look back on these past five years without regret. When you look at me, what do you think I am? Who do you see? You can't see the heartaches on my face. Fears, abandoned hopes, crushing blows, dead dreams. You can't see these things. But I know that they are there, just like I know about the joys and the little things that no one else remembers. Squeezing Mike's hand during the curtain call at the last night of our show. Peter calling me ugly in front of my entire class, putting lipstick on my nose for an English speech, thinking I heard gunshots that afternoon in home ec, praying to God for a miracle the week they found the hit list in some kid's locker, learning the jitterbug in grade nine and the sad look in Pat's eyes when he told me just how well things were going with Catherine. Six moments and six memories out of many. That was my high school. Well, you know what? It wasn't Sweet Valley for me. Maybe it was for someone else, maybe for Ashley because she's beautiful, or Ellie because she's a genius, or someone else. It was a hell of a ride, but things didn't always work out. I thought it would be Sweet Valley, and I thought I would be the girl with the cute boyfriend and the popular friends, but I guess not. I love my friends, but I'm losing them. The friends I was chatting with tonight, they're new friends. They go to the movies, they laugh, they're nice and funny, and for once in my life, I feel like I might just be lucky. Luck like finding a penny or winning a card game or finding that pot of gold. A chance, a window, a door, with all of them. Normal friends without mental problems, as you put it. I'm an individual to them. It's fun to talk to them and sometimes go out with them and get invited places alone. I'm not ditching my old friends, I'm making new ones. They're making friends with me. They message me, they add me to their chat rooms when they're all in them already when I get online. Sweet Valley, no but a taste of normal teenage life, not boring normal. I've never had a chance at normal before. Maybe it's too late, and maybe all of this is happening too late, but at least it's happening. Okay, it's not an excuse for my neglect of thought. I'm not trying to make excuses. I do have to stay on top of the important things, you're right. Before everything else that I want, I'm clear on that. I didn't write this to get pity or to make you see or change your mind. I wrote this so that maybe you could understand the reasons behind why I do the things I do, regardless of how stupid they may be. In my head, none of this makes sense, and yet it all makes sense. I'm at the end of something big and the beginning of something totally unknown. I don't know whether I'm holding on for dear life or maybe trying to make up for lost time. Maybe it's all a huge mistake, and maybe it's all a figment of my imagination. Honest to God, I don't know. The things I've been doing wrong, I'm sorry. They'll change. The rest of it? How are you to know? I had things pretty well. And how am I supposed to explain something I don't really understand anyway? It's 20 to 1. I'm going to bed. Thank you. Thank you. 
After the show, I asked Kristen why she wrote that letter to her dad, but never gave it to him. I think at the time, I felt like he would be really angry with me if he read it, that my dad would have really come down hard on me about that. Um, But I also think, looking back, that probably I was just writing it for myself at the end of the day, and that it wasn't really about telling my dad, but about telling myself. I think that at the time, I felt like really on the edge of a precipice um, and on the edge of kind of jumping out there into the world and being my own person and kind of put my foot down and say, like, this is who I am. This is who I've wanted to be. And, you know, and this is where I'm headed. And and I, and I need you to kind of uh, get out of the way, which is um, it was a hard thing to say to your parent, especially now. You know, I'm, I'm a teacher of 17 year olds and I see the kids struggling with these um, these emotions all the time. And I, and, I, and I think that in so many ways, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to have that reflection on my own experience to, to bring to the kids in my classroom. Religion is a big part of some kids' lives, including our next reader, Panina, who shared a school assignment written at 12 years old. This was one of those fill-in-the-blank type assignments, so you'll hear both the beginning of the sentence and what Panina filled in. Observations and feelings about Jewish things. (laughs) Being Jewish is important to me because it's my religion. (laughs) I think being Jewish is... Interesting and important. (laughs) My first Jewish memory is going to synagogue. I am most proud of being Jewish when, always. (laughs) I am happiest being Jewish when, always. I am saddest being Jewish when, never. And the hardest thing about being Jewish is when people who aren't Jewish talk about bread during Passover. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) My rabbi, Rabbi Hoffman. I have no idea who that person is. (laughs) My teachers at religious school. I don't go to religious school. (laughs) My friends think being Jewish is cool. When I read Hebrew, I try to understand it. (laughs) Israel is interesting. (laughs) The person in Jewish history I am most angry at is Hitler. (laughs) When I read a Jewish book, I, I am usually interested. I wish I could... No more Hebrew. (laughs) Our next reader, Myra, kept a diary from 11 to 14. 
And at our Montreal show, she shared a few entries that cover a pretty wide range, including confessions, adolescent insecurity, and, of course, a perennial favorite, teen angst. Please welcome Myra to our stage. A quick heads up, Myra uses a cuss word in her diary, which we do not bleep. Sunday, March 14th, 1971. Dear diary, hi, my name is Myra Schuster, and I'm 11 years old. My teacher is Mrs. Riggs, grade five, Martinvale School. I live in a family of four, counting myself, which includes my parents and my sweet, loving sister, Sharon. Sharon is very intelligent and kind, and her ambition is to be a writer. I love her. My father, Mr. Abe Schuster, a furrier, <laughs> works very hard and loves us truly, although I think he'd like a son. <laughs> Mummy is a warm-hearted person who I love muchly. She works at Debonair, a men's shop, on Mondays and Fridays, and exceptionally Tuesdays. My hobbies are stamp collecting, ballet dancing, skiing, and writing poetry. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I go to Angie Frank's School of Dance. I love dancing. A few months later, December 8th, 1972. Dear Diary, forget all that technical introductory shit in the beginning. <laughs> I just read the autobiography that Sharon wrote, and wow, it's deep. <laughs> I cried and cried. In geography today, Francine asked me if I keep a diary. I said, no, just a thing like this for when I feel like writing, like now. Also, <laughs> Francine asked me if I like Pierre. I said, no, but I think I really do. I don't want to kiss any boys or let them kiss me or anything. <laughs> but it's weird. Each time I go to a party, I vow I'll never go to another one. But when I'm invited to one, I get all excited. <laughs> I probably think it will be fun. Last year, Lauren Tobin told me, I think you just like the idea of having a boyfriend. I denied it then, but now I think it's true. <laughs> That's why I don't want to let anybody use me or kiss me. Sometimes I wonder if I'm fake when I'm with my friends, but I don't think so. Bye. Love, Myra. <laughs> January 3rd, 1974. Dear Diary, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'll have to try. I have a new diary. <laughs> He's really nice. <laughs> but I'm sorry to leave you. You've been really dear to me, and you still will be. I will tell you more things that happen to me or what I do during the day. I hope you won't take this too hard. <laughs> Love, Myra. Next day, January 4th, 74. Dear Diary, see, it's me. <laughs> I promised you that I'd keep writing. And I kept my promise. And what I'm writing about is very important, though. And I've promised myself for two years that I'd write about it when it happened. 
Have you guessed it? No, I'm still a virgin. It's not that important. <laughs> Robin got a bra. She hates it. <laughs> and she only wears it when she has gym. But everyone knows and keeps congratulating her. I know it's stupid to make such a big deal about it, but I've waited for this day for two years. Longer, actually. Love, Myra. <laughs> May 29th, 75. I can no longer be deceived by looks. I'm, I much prefer looking into a person's soul <laughs> and discovering uh, characteristics that I can cherish and appreciate. Exams tomorrow. Feeling jittery. I love spring. Thank you. is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at La Salarosa in Montreal and was produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you enjoyed this episode of Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, tell somebody about it. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. on the train ride back and he got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>